Welcome back to another episode of the Kitmen Podcast. My name is Rohan, and as always, I'm joined by Owen calling in from Boulder, Colorado. Owen, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. And also calling in is the man with probably the worst Wi-Fi in the world. He lags out of FIFA. He lags out of NHL. His name is Josh. (laughs) How's it going? And joining us for our very special episode, our very special guest, all the way from London, England, Sam Ty. Sam, how are you? I'm good, guys. I'm good. How's the Wi-Fi holding up my end? Is it is it all good? I'm surely I'm the furthest away from you than oh, anyone else. Oh no, you're you're actually you're perfect. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, for for those of you who are new to the podcast, Sam was actually our very first guest that we ever had on the podcast, and I, I don't want to speak for Sam, but but he probably had a terrible time, and I'll I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I'll tell you why I'll tell you why I'll, I'll explain myself. Okay, we had only been recording for like two months, so like we had no clue what we were doing. We had a fifteen dollar Amazon mic that just produced the worst sounds you can ever imagine, just like the most amount of feedback. It was terrible. And Owen and Josh, I don't know if I told you guys this. I I might have just not ever told you guys this, but we were an hour late to our own interview. Were we really? We were an hour. Sam, do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I do. I remember you. You were all sat together on a sofa, right? Not even a sofa. I had four desk chairs pulled around my desk, and we were just sitting around this tiny little mic. Right. Yeah, I remember that bit. If I don't remember the lateness, but okay. I mean, I can believe it. I guess time zones are tricky, man. You know. See, okay, I didn't know this until last night because I, I was I, I wanted to double check that we were not an hour late, but I didn't know that the UK switches time zones in the summer. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't know that. So mm-hmm. when you you were like UK time, I was like, okay, that that means like Greenwich time. So I put in Greenwich time, which is an hour. Or no, 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 you said Greenwich time. I thought UK time. UK time's an hour later, right? We're in British summertime right now. We have to put our clocks back and forward depending on the weather because. I think the official reasoning is that if you don't change the clocks for the winter, it's actually too dark to walk to school in the morning for children. Like that's genuinely what it is. Like at eight o'clock in the morning when you're trying to get your kids to school, it's dark. It's just like pitch black. So we have to move the clocks in order to get an extra hour of daylight in order to make it so that basically it's safe to do the school run in the morning in the winter. And then we switch them around again for the summer because it's bright from what, 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. So it's okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It's tricky though. It's tricky. We, we keep you on your toes, you know? Yeah. It's so tricky. So yeah, we were an hour late to our own interview, which, <laughs> which was pretty bad, but Sam was nice enough to join us again. Um, this time we're not talking about football. We're, we're talking about Sam himself. For those of you who don't know, Sam has had a very distinguished, very interesting career. Um, he's worked for Bleacher Report. He's worked for Southampton. He's done a ton of stuff. So we're going to be talking about his experiences today. So Sam, first and foremost, where are you from? I do like it when an American asks me this question because I get to tell you that I was born in Birmingham, the Birmingham in England, and then I moved to Hampshire, the Hampshire in England, and then I went to university in Bristol, the Bristol in England, before I finally settled down in London. But the three places that I lived prior to settling down in London, all have namesakes over in the USA, which I just find, well, to be fair, you copied us on most things, so I'm not surprised, but I just find that quite funny and quite amusing. I mean, I personally haven't been to Birmingham, but huge Peaky Blinders fan. I know Josh is too, so (laughs) I I support it. it. 
yeah my uh my whole family really is from from birmingham basically i mean i'm like quarter irish hence the surname and i was like one of those people there my family like through the generations fled basically fled ireland because the potato famine and ended up in in birmingham which is kind of what's happening in the piggy blinders like half of them are irish half of them are gypsies and that's kind of it it's like they're my people man yeah (laughs) so you know being in the uk you're just surrounded by football all the time it's in the culture it's in the history um when did it really click for you that football was something that you wanted to do with your career 100 percent? for the career thing was last year of university uh college for you guys um i think basically what i'd done in my first two years of uni was just basically talk about football uh with my housemates and my flatmates eight nine hours a day i play football play fifa play football manager it was basically the only thing i ever talked about um and I started to realize as I hit my third year of university that uh, I would only have a year left of this before I had to hit the real world. And I'd have to go and get a real job um, and wear a suit and be a sucker. And I just thought, what can I do to make sure that doesn't happen? And so I started to plot out what I could do. And the two options were go and be a coach um, or go into writing. And yeah, I just think writing was a was an easier fit for me because I could walk straight to my laptop and do it. I didn't have to leave the house. So that's what I ended up doing. And uh, here we are. Bit of practice. And it worked out. Yeah, it worked out completely. So what, what, what did you study in university? Was that like journalism? No, it wasn't journalism. That would have been handy, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, really good. Although, to be fair, what I actually did end up studying was relatively useful. Uh, I studied politics. Um which didn't really give me any of the kind of specific training that you would probably need as a journalist. It didn't give me any practice doing any interviews or anything like that, but it did teach me to structure an argument and balance an argument. And it taught me to write properly. And that ultimately is what I started doing in my first kind of six to 12 months of actually writing about sports is because I'm not obviously not interviewing people, don't have access, don't have contacts. And I'm not working for a newspaper. I'm not writing reports on games. I'm writing opinion pieces at the end of the day. That's what you start doing. Most people just put their opinion down on paper and see what happens, see if people agree with it. And so what politics does is it teaches you how to structure and build an argument, argue a case, and then balance it all off at the end. And that is essentially what I did with my first ever piece, which was about Carl Walker. And that's what I did for most of the pieces that I wrote for the first six to 12 months. They were just my opinion. You just got to write it down in some kind of coherent fashion. And I have to say, although the degree wasn't the most helpful thing I could have done, it wasn't the worst thing either. It did give me some skills in that area. You've been writing about football since your third, about your third year of college, right? Yeah, roughly. Yeah. I mean, as a job since 2012. But yeah, my last year of college was in was in 2011. So roughly then. Are you good at football at all? I was all right. I was okay. Um, I I was well. I would played. <laughs> I played as a striker in under five, six, seven, eight, through to like nine and ten. Um, and then I was in so in in the county of Hampshire and where I live, there's basically like the only foot, like actual football club in that area. Like in the next in the last like half an hour is Reading. Um, but not too far away, you've got uh, Southampton, you've got Fulham, you've got Arsenal, and then a little bit further up, obviously, with with Tottenham, and you've got Chelsea as well. So those scouts tend to sort of proliferate that area. And I did get invited to the Reading Academy at one point, about age seven, but I did not accept. <laughs> it was a bit weird. Most kids just go, yeah, let's do it. Um, but when I was told that I would have to spend like at least two weeknights per week like Tuesday and maybe Wednesday or something traveling over training coming back I was like 
can't really be bothered with that. Um, and then my parents were like, well, we're not going to push you into it because as you guys know, it's a huge, huge succubus on parents' time to get a kid through an academy and into a professional setup. It would it would have cost them thousands of hours and, and tens of thousands of pounds. And I think we all just agreed, nah. So just carried on, like, just carried on playing for fun. Um, and then I, yeah, I converted to centre-back at age 13 because I grew much taller than everybody else. Played centre-back for a bit. And, yeah, I mean, I'm 31 now, so I don't really play Sunday League. It, it's, uh, it hurts the bones too much, unfortunately. Um, but if I had to play anywhere, I would probably revert back to centre-back because at 11 aside, that's kind of where I ended up playing. Yeah, you you might be playing in front of Cal the Dragon. You know who Cal, Cal the Dragon is, right? Cal the Dragon. Oh, you don't know who Cal the Dragon? Oh, let me tell. Oh, oh, Owen and I love this guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, he he he's on TikTok. He he has about a million followers. Ah, uh, sorry. Yeah, this is the one platform I just haven't got to yet. Showing my age. My bad. Oh no no no. Um, oh, listeners, thank you, by the way, for the support on TikTok. 180,000 views on on one of them. So so thank you, guys. Um, yeah, Cal the Dragon, he plays goalkeeper in, like, basically Sunday League. And he is 20, right, Owen? I think so, something like that. Yeah, so he's about our age. And he is, like, he always talks about going pro. And he went viral during quarantine when he has like this little like five by five goal. And then like, he has like, I don't know what he does, but he has someone like throw the ball at him. And then he'll like, like run across from outside the goal and make this diving save. Most extravagant outlandish saves for a toss. Yeah. For a toss. And it's just, it's just the funniest thing. Was it in slow motion as well as like, is it making it look really dramatic? I think it was a few. Yeah. And he puts like super dramatic music in the background. Sounds good. Yeah. I can do the same thing. I do. I do slow motion slide tackles from behind and kill uh, someone, and then put really dramatic music over the top, chariots of fire, to make it sound all uh, all heroic. You'd go viral on TikTok. Yeah, yeah you easy. That would be. I'll do one video. It'll be that, and I'll be out. That'd be my only only contribution to the platform. One and done. But 10 million views. You worked at Bleacher Report for seven, eight years, correct? uh yeah something uh 2012 through to the end of last year yeah 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 so roughly eight years eight years how, how did you end up at bleacher report because that's an awesome gig to get like almost yeah, you out of college yeah um so it, straight out of college i actually ended up working in a call center which was fun <laughs> um jesus christ um yeah so i had to basically start from the bottom in terms of writing building an audience, developing a writing rhythm, getting better, practicing, all those things. And when I was 21 and I, I came out of college, I was just like, right, well, I need to find a platform that will host my my content. I'm not asking for any money. I just want to be able to write so I can just improve. Um, and I ended up at this like really quite terrible little website called Football Transfer Tavern, who are owned by a company who have actually gone on to do actually quite cool things. They, they're called Snack Media and they own Players Tribune, um, oh, wow. what, what wonderful pieces that all the players write on the Players Tribune. They own that's part of their portfolio, the 90-minute media, all that stuff. So they've actually gone on and, and done some really cool things. But they had this really shitty backdoor website um, that they used to let me write on. And that was just three months. That was just a bit of fun, uh, just a bit of practice. And was, while I was doing that, I was like, hunting around for a place that would also allow me to write for them. But kind of had a couple of ingredients I was looking for. And I found BR, 
somehow. I don't know how, given the, the difference in country as well, you know, UK to US. But they had um, they weren't paying, but they would let you write for free. And they had a copy editing team. So they had people that would go on and actually edit your work. And I was like, great, this is what I need. Like, I need to improve. Like, I need someone to tell me, like, properly, like when I've used a phrase wrong or done something stupid or just got something like factually incorrect and things like that they're actually paying attention here also the fact that they employ a copy editing team would suggest that they have a bit of money so if i impress and i'm good maybe maybe one day we can get to a point where they might be able to give me some money and ultimately if you are looking for a platform there and you're just writing for free yes write for free to start with i think it's okay but try and make sure it's at a spot that you think could pay you eventually otherwise it might be a bit of a waste of time so br looks to me like you know with the stature of their website having employed a copy editing team as a place that if i played my cards right and impressed and was consistent then they might end up giving me a shot and that's all you need just like one little window and fortunately they did end up giving me that window so and i took it that's awesome that's mm -hmm. awesome so you started a podcast after your time at bleacher report called ranks fc um I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it. And you have Jack and Dean, um, Jack the host, Dean the transfer guru. Um, you guys also work together at Bleach Report. How did you guys meet? How did you guys get the whole podcasting started? Um, so I met them both at BR. They both obviously worked with me at Bleach Report. Um, Dean was 2015. Uh, I remember it pretty well because we basically started to pivot towards video and we had a studio so i would i'd been solely been a writer up until that point i've done a couple of google hangouts or whatever but nothing major but we started to pivot towards having a studio and in an in-house video team and creating three or four videos a day that could go and live in the app um and what they wanted was a transfer insider they wanted someone who could come on and they could reveal and break news but they could also do it in a pretty coherent way on camera and you know talk talk properly basically it's amazing the amount of journalists that at that point this was still a bit of a niche skill they just were not comfortable doing that they just would not do this sort of thing on camera um a lot of them are like 65 you know so like it's it's oh it's, really it's, it's a very big i mean all the all the the weird reports you see in english newspapers like the sun and the express and the mirror and those ones and the ones with the really clearly like hatchet job intros and puns and things like that they're all done by people that are like 60 or 65 like that, that and, and they're not they're not particularly interested in digital era they're not particularly interested in getting on camera they just want to go to a stadium and write a few puns and submit a match report that's basically what they it's what they've always done and they, they don't want to they don't want to change so right. it was a genuine challenge because there are not many people out there like dean who have contacts to the point that dean does and there are even fewer still people that have those contacts that can actually express themselves properly with a microphone and on camera. So not to say Dean got the job by default, because that would be rude. However, there were like three, there were like three candidates. Um, <laughs> Dean was by far the best one. Um, and I did his screen test. So I was the mock host um, and he had to come in and, and reveal some stuff. And he actually told us that day that Raheem Sterling would move to Man City for 50 million. And about three weeks later it happened. So he got the job. Um, oh. Yeah, and that's how I remember it 2015, because that's when, that's when Sterling moved. Um, and then Jack was a little bit later, a couple of years later. He initially got the job on the social team, you know, running social accounts and stuff like that. But it became pretty obvious pretty quickly that he he wanted to do a podcasting. And it took him about a year and a half, but he managed to convince my boss to let him start a podcast for Bleacher Report. 
called BR Football Ranks and get me and Dean onto it. And that's how we started. We started with BR. And then, you know, at the end of last year, they changed as a company. They sort of changed course a little bit. They changed tracks. Um, they basically laid everybody off in the UK office. Um, they moved pretty much the entire football operation over to New York and uh, retained six or seven people, but about 30, 35 people lost their job, maybe. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And Dean and Jack were were two of those people. Um, I was in a slightly different situation, and they did ask me to carry on to the end of the year, but I didn't uh, because the three of us agreed the podcast is the is our favourite part of our job. Um, it's what we enjoy most. Let's carry on. So let's go independent. And then if we if we need to, you know, pick up side gigs, you know, if we need to go freelance, we need to go and do a few things here and there. That's fine. Keep ourselves afloat. But let's start a company and let's see if we can always pitch ourselves as consultants or like, you know, all encompassing packages or whatever. And let's pick up some clients and let's create some cool stuff. And that's the leap we decided to make. I mean, look, it's a leap. But we were sort of pushed off the diving board in a way like mm. it, it, Dean and Jack did lose their jobs before this happened. Um, so we needed that little push. But very often you do need that push to make a, to make the decision. You probably in the back of your head, you've been thinking about for a couple of months, maybe. So were you very like confident in making that like transition or were you pretty nervous about it? Just, uh, I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's always going to be some nerves. Um, we knew that we had a really strong listener base. Like we're in the top 1% of podcasts listened to in the world. Um, that's good. We know that we had not just listeners, but like really loyal listeners, people that really liked the podcast, people that would interact with us every single week by different social channels and talk to us and tweet about it and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, there's enough here. There's enough here. Like we can transfer this audience and we can start a Patreon. We can start a subscribership. And I think people, I think people will join and let's see where it goes. Let's see how many we can attract. Let's fill in the gaps from there. Um, and all we had to do really in the end was start the Patreon, monetize the podcast, get adverts on it. I say all we had to do, this took us literally eight months. Um, and uh, and then pick up a couple of the clients to fill in the gaps. And, you know, we're very lucky to to pick up LiveScore um, as a client and New Balance as well. Mm-hmm. So working with those two and sort of doing our own pod, monetizing it, we're all good. We're happy. And, yeah, it's a leap. Yes, there were some nerves. But I think the... I think the um, the really strong bond we had with the listeners and how much the listeners liked the podcast, we knew that we knew they'd come, they'd carry over, and we knew it was sustainable. Okay. So were you able to like advertise Ranks FC on the Bleacher Report podcast before you started it, or how did you go about doing that? So we we left um, we left a little two minute episode. Well, so what we did first was we released our our standard Wednesday episode of BR Football Ranks on the right. feed, and we said this is the last episode of BR Football Ranks, um, so this is it. Um, but don't worry, like we're not giving up. We just it's not going to happen anymore. But we'll continue to podcast, so just bear with us. So we just did a final episode and just told everyone that that was going to be the last one under that guise. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, we'd had we got our new feed sorted. Uh, new RSS feed and we just put while we still had access to the Bleacher Report feed we just put a two-minute episode on there going by the way we're over here now um, <laughs> so it was just one more episode that people had that the subscribers got dropped into their feed which was if you subscribe to Ranks FC now then you can just carry on as normal so we were able to advertise 
directly to listeners in that way. And then, of course, it's, you know, just turning people on social media. Um, a lot of people would have heard this is the last episode of, of BR Football Ranks and, you know, DM'd me or something and gone, what the hell, man? I'm like, oh, don't worry, here's the new feed. See you next week. And it was right. it's relatively easy, but transferring an audience from one RSS feed to another takes a long time. It, mm -hmm. It's you lose so many thousands of people through the cracks and it's very frustrating, which was part of the reason why we decided to go independent fully because mm -hmm. we could have approached another company and gone, would you like us to do your podcast for us? Great, wonderful, but if in two years time they decided they didn't want that podcast anymore, we'd be in the same scenario. We'd start a third time with a new RSS feed and at a certain point, you've got to take control of your own assets and take control of your own sort of security and destiny there a little bit. Do you still do any work for Bleacher Report at all since you said you do a little bit of freelancing here and there? Um, yeah, I did a little bit. So I basically stopped in rough, like roughly October as a full-time employee. Um, but I did, they did a video series in partnership with Football Manager and, um, they'd signed that deal to do four episodes uh, showcasing new features of the new of the new football manager game and football manager and I get along quite well like as the, uh, the company and I get along quite well they've invited me to their offices a few times I've been to their Christmas parties and their quizzes and stuff uh, they're very nice to me and I think they're very good good people so when BR and FM signed the deal football manager specifically requested for me to present it and host the piece of content um and not oversee it because i wasn't the producer but chip in and 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 be part of the machine and i didn't really want to let them down and i'd already agreed to do it for br so i finished but i still did four episodes of that because just wanted to leave bleach report on good terms and make sure everything was okay and they were very good to me has to be said um and i wanted to make sure that football manager didn't get left without a host you know that they'd specifically planned around so that was cool. That was um, the first episode was Monchi, says Sevilla sporting director. Um, we were supposed to, I was supposed to interview him, but he basically can't speak very good English. So that didn't go very well at all. Oh, uh, I remember that. I remember seeing that episode on um, Bleacher Report. They, they had yeah. like subtitles for him, right? It did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we specifically requested him to do it in English and he said he'd give it a go, but it became pretty obvious quite early on that it wasn't going to be a very interesting interview. It would be like, me speaking Spanish uh, and it would be bad. Um, so basically <laughs> we just had the translator do it all and it, it was what it was. Um, and then the second episode was uh, Ralph Hasenhutl from uh, Southampton Manager. So spent 45 minutes with him talking about pressing and uh, team talks, which was good. Um, third episode was Yuri Tienemons and Brendan Rogers. Um, and that was that was interesting. Um, that was very interesting. Brendan Rogers is quite the character. Uh, and then the last one was with a journalist, Raf Honigstein, the German journalist, Bundesliga guy. Okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, basically, a four, it's like a four-part video series with them. And that's that's the last thing I did with them. I not that they've asked me or anything like that, but I don't really have time to do anything else at the moment. Like with the ranks commitments and continuing to work with Southampton, I'm basically saying no to everything else at the moment anyway. But they haven't. It's not that they've asked me or anything. So what 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 other type of freelance do you do? I just do just do the Southampton stuff now. So working for the the club, I've just started the fifth season, I think. Oh. Maybe it's the seventh. No, no, it's, yeah, so fifth. I think it's the fifth season. Um, 
writing for their website, for their app, uh, for their match day program as well, um, writing tactical stuff. So match previews, opposition analysis. Today I wrote something on Adam Armstrong, who they've just signed as their new striker to replace Danny Ng. So dig into some Adam Armstrong stuff and write a piece for their website on what he can bring and how that changes the dynamic, that sort of stuff. It's very interesting. Like it's good. And I, I, I really like Southampton as well. Like, as I said, I moved to Hampshire when I was like four years old and spent a bit of time there and Southampton are in that County. My best mate in the whole world is a Saints fan. Um, they're my second team, I guess, really. So it's very cool to work for a club. It gives you, I don't know, maybe like a little layer of legitimacy and prestige. Um, it's paid work as well, which is good. And it's, I don't know, I'm quite proud to do it. Uh, I see that Rashford jersey behind you. Um, he Did he sign that for you when you when you uh, did that house tour? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he signed it. The Grealish one is signed as well. Oh, oh is the Grealish one signed too? Oh, wow. Yeah. Did, and, uh, did you meet Grealish? And then, I don't know. I don't know what the occasion is because it doesn't fit in the background. But we also have an Oxlade Chamberlain signed shirt as well. Oh wow, that's awesome. <laughs> um, I think I've got I've got Oxlade Chamberlain as well and Thomas Muller uh, signed Bayern shirt. I tell you what, that's one of my most embarrassing days. We went and um, we went and interviewed Thomas Muller and Alfonso Davies pretty much back to back, and this was before Alfonso Davies had actually broken into the team. So he hadn't even really been moved to left back yet. And Nico Kovac was still the coach or either that or he'd just been replaced by Hansley Flick. So this was way before what was about to happen with Davies that you know full well what happened next. Um, and I went into that room and I got, the, I got the shirt signed by Muller and I was like, sick, he's a World Cup winner, that's good. And then we got Davies in and I was like, should I get Davies to sign this shirt? And I thought, Nah, he might not turn out to be any good. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, balls. Never mind. A, I messed that one up, didn't I? Like, I knew who he was. Like, I, as a talent, I knew that he was, he was, he could be quite, he could be quite something. But I think the story that Davies went on to, to enact over the course of that season was beyond anyone's wildest dreams. So I don't beat myself up too much for it because not even he saw that coming. But at the same time, I was in the room with Alfonso and with a pen and I didn't do it and I probably should have. Oh, I, I, that's so tough. That's yeah. just so tough. <laughs> yeah, never mind. But the, yeah, the Rashford one, he signed that one for me in, in his kitchen. Yeah. When we did the house tour, um, that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, and then Grealish, I haven't met Grealish, um, but uh, through a, through a friend who knows his brother, uh, he managed to get that sent to me uh, over the somewhere just before Christmas, I think. Oh, wow. That's so cool. So you've had like these awesome interactions with players. Um, you had a height off with Tammy Abraham. <laughs> yes. T t talk to us a little <laughs> bit about that. What was that like? So that was a spur of the moment thing. Uh, it was right at the end. He was about to leave. Um, I'd been, I looked him up on, basically we were, we were traveling over to Swansea to interview him and to play uh, a game of FIFA from the current year. Uh, I guess that would have been either 17 or 18 or maybe 16. It was one, I think it was 17 or 18 because uh, he was on loan at Swansea at the time. And then we were going to play a game of FIFA from the year that he was born. Um, so that was like FIFA 98 or 99 or whatever it was as well. Sorry, I don't know the exact ones, but it was it was ages ago. So we had a, an old console. We had the old game with the old controllers. And it was one game of FIFA with Tammy from now 
one game of FIFA with Tammy for the year he was born. And you just interview and chat with them while they do it. And it's a really nice, relaxed atmosphere. It's a good way of talking to a footballer without it being very intense, uh, with spotlights beaming on them and they're worried about what they're going to say. They just kind of chill and they just talk. So I had a really good time with Tammy. So I spent 30, 40 minutes with him. He was really nice, really nice to me. And you sort of have to play these occasions by, by ear. And if you get along with a player like that, if you have, if they have a nice time with you, you can tell, and then you can maybe ask them for a favor, like a signed shirt or something. On this occasion, for some reason, I decided that I'd cash all that credit in with a height off, um, which is a bizarre thing to do really. But what happened is I'd looked him up on Wikipedia just before we were or on the way to Swansea. And it said he was six, three, I think. And I was like, no way, no way is this man six, three. Absolutely not, because I'm 6'4", and when he walked in as well, I was like, nah, nah, that guy's not 6'3", not, not 6'3", at all. So I asked him about it, I was like, oh, Wikipedia says you're 6'3". He was like, what? He was like really genuinely, like, <laughs> appalled by it. Like, he was like, I, I need to fix that. I've got to fix that. I'm 6'6". Six, six. I am 6'6". Six, six. Like, he was adamant that he is 6'6". Six oh, six. wow. And he, six I, was like, I was like, are you? Are you sure? Like that. And he was like, absolutely. And then he took his shoes off, and we had a height off. Um, and that was it because we were both talking about how tall we were. That was that was literally the story. I That's mean, I told him I told him what Wikipedia said his height was, and he was so pissed off about it that he took his shoes off and, and proved me wrong. Is is he six six? <laughs> he's, he's absolutely massive, mate. Yeah, <laughs> he's 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 at, he's at least six five, if not six six. It's tough wow. to say because there's a lot of hair as well. Right. So yeah. you'd need like a full independent adjudication. Six eight. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but he's yeah, he's definitely not six three. That is not right. You also had Memphis Depay freestyle um, <laughs> on Instagram Live. <laughs> um, is he good? Oh my god, I don't know, mate. He did it all in Dutch. Um, I can't tell you. I don't. I didn't understand a, a word of it. Uh, <laughs> that was was not was was not prepared for that. Um, I mean, I was in the way that like I knew I, w- I knew that I was going to ask him um, if it was going again if it was going well like if you if you if you're getting along and you think you can you can be cheeky and ask for it and if he's receptive then by all means give it a go and I was like yeah do you, we started talking about his, his new track Dubai Freestyle which is actually quite good to be fair I was actually quite impressed um, and yeah I just I just asked him on, on a whim if you if you fancy it and he's like yeah cool and then walked straight over to his like his, his desk put a, put a backbeat on and was like and started going and I was like oh wow now here's the thing right here's the really bad bit because he's obviously like he's a cool dude he's freestyling he's making it up as he goes along he's got a backbeat on he's in this like luxurious apartment I think in Eindhoven and he looks cool and then you're on the screen like there's two of you your face and his face and like I don't understand the word he's saying and I'm just sort of sat there and he's going along and I'm like, like, what do I do? What the fuck do I do with my head, my face, my arms? Like he's, he's sat there on, and I'm, I'm in front of like, I don't know, 10,000 people live and then however many people later on YouTube and then it gets clipped up in social. What do I do? How do you like bop along to it? I felt so awkward, guys. Honestly, it was ridiculous. So I just like, I just sort of do like really reasonably subtle head movements, a little bit of laughing, and then just when it's done, it's done. You know, <laughs> I I can understand that because like I'll see like 
I'll, I'll see people come up to rappers and like beg them to freestyle in front of them. And then they're just like freestyling in front of like Lil Uzi Vert or like Lil Baby with like no beat and the rapper. And then everyone's just kind of like standing around there. And it's just like, like, what do you do when someone is freestyling in front of you? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty awkward. And like the nature of those Instagram conversations is your face is like right there. So you can't really like look down or away or anything like you can't do anything but look straight down the camera and just kind of like just wait for it to finish <laughs> just please please stop <laughs> but anyway listen, the, the, the important thing is is that um my boss really liked it and it was a good social clip and memphis was happy to do it it's just any kind of interaction like that with a footballer was great when they did the social clip they like took me and then I started the clip and asked him to do it. And then they like zoomed me out and like my, like, like it made my face really small and then like just zoomed me off the screen. Oh, that's um, cool. And just, and then just got rid of me basically. So they did the social clip and I was in it for like three seconds max. Oh, that's and, they cool. did, and no one else had to on the replay watch me sort of awkwardly going like that. Page <laughs> <laughs> Report has had a hell of an influence on me in certain areas. I've become so Americanized in so many ways. When you get when you work for a company like that for like eight years and you have a target audience, you manipulate the way you think, you change the way that you think and operate and you change what you're looking for and what you like. And yeah, I end up I end up listening to all, all that all that kind of stuff. I mean, okay, this is a little bit off topic, but I was making my breakfast this morning. Um I had eggs, um, toast and Nutella, and I was trying to figure out a way to bring this up, but I have a question since we're talking about like U- U.S. culture. I have a question about something in in the U.K. W- what is up with beans and toast for breakfast? <laughs> because I feel that has to be one of the worst breakfasts ever created. Because I feel, <laughs> I've, I've never had it. Be- I'm like, like uh, because I feel like the beans make the toast like really soggy and like really beanie uh, do you like it that's the beauty no 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 although i am i am i think in the minority like the vast minority in this country like i reckon maybe 90 percent of this country either like or love baked beans wow and 10 percent don't and i am firmly in that 10 percent. i'm actually not very good at being an english person uh full stop because i don't like tea and you don't like tea and that's like what we're like that's our thing man oh, wow. that's like the what we do it's different tea than like iced tea, than the green iced tea that we have here, right? Oh, 100%, yeah. But I, I don't like it. I think it's awful. Um, and again, I'm in the mass, like the massive, massive minority there. I just don't like it at all. And we have like, we have like a, what we call a full English breakfast. And it has bacon and sausages and toast and mushrooms and eggs. And then it often comes with baked beans and people love it. But I always ask for the baked beans not to make it onto the plate, if possible, please, or replace it with extra mushrooms or something. I don't like it. You're absolutely right. It makes the toast soggy. Um, it, it's, it's not the beans aren't good. I just don't. I'm not a fan. And also, like it depends on what, what kind of get you over there. But they, they, they make you fart. Yeah. Quite a yeah. Lot. I was um, also thinking about that. Like that's a rough thing to have for breakfast because Josh's family yeah, is a Mexican restaurant, and me and Owen have bur- both worked there. And like we'll we'll have like tacos, quesadillas with like beans for for our lunch break, dinner break. And like it, it's, it's the rest of the day. Rough. Game like, over. It's rough. Game over. 
day off bad. You know, you're just going to be gassy the whole day. And full English already includes eggs, which is enough trouble for you anyway. Why add beans yeah. to it? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I'm coffee because you guys have tea. But like, if you choose to have coffee as well, like that's just World oh, War yeah. Three. I drink. Yeah, I drink coffee prolifically. That's why I'll have that as a, as, a, as a substitute. So yeah, I'm. We're all in the same boat, mate. I just don't think we need to make our lives harder for ourselves. And in if that means missing out on baked beans, I'm more than happy to miss out. <laughs> that's fair. But um, back to some of the work you've done. So you've also interviewed um. I'm Bernardo Silva and many other players. Well, you, you made that face. I, I wasn't going to ask about it, but now I want to ask about it. Oh, Bernardo was a joy. I mean, he's one of my favorite players. So it was it was wonderful to get to speak to him. Um, I made that face because I ended up on a Portuguese news channel off the back of that. Oh, did you? Because he played the piano for me. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So he was doing a house tour and he like... He was walking around. He was like, oh, yeah, here's that. Here's that. Here's my kitchen, blah, 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 blah. And he walked up the stairs and walked, walked through the hall and went to go to like a, I don't know, like one of the rooms. And on the landing of the hall, like the upper floor was a piano, like a, like an electric piano. And I was like, is that a piano? He's like, yeah, I'm learning. I was like, oh, play us a song. Again, like the objective of these Instagram lives, you know, where I've got Rashford and Memphis and, and, and Bernardo is to try and make it like lively and to try and make it like visually um like stimulating not just for someone to sit there and just answer questions in like a slow drawl like let's move around your house let's look at what you've got like let's let's show the audience stuff and I saw the piano I was like oh can you play us a song and he was like okay like yeah okay so he like props his phone up on the side and then goes to work and of course it's all live and it's all cut up and it all goes on YouTube and then funnily enough a Portuguese guy I know called Elder who I used to live with in London for a year in a house share, he's moved back to Portugal. He messaged me on Facebook and was like, Sam, it's been maybe five years since I'd spoken to him. He's like, Sam, I saw you on the saw you on the news in Portugal because Bernardo Silva played you a song on this piano. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so that, happened. that happened then. <laughs> you had that same face, you were just staring down the camera. I was less awkward on this one, fortunately. Um, it was... Yeah, piano is probably more in my zone than Dutch freestyle rapping. Yeah, teach that one. It's a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't too bad. That wasn't too bad. I was also like genuinely really impressed with Bernardo playing piano. Um, oh, was because, good? Because, because, well, he was okay, but he just started. So he was learning and he was still willing to to do he was still willing to play like he's still willing to on a live instagram feed in front of thousands of people and then loads of people later on youtube and then on the news give it a go he was like all right i'll give it a go memphis has released several tracks we know that he can freestyle like i was obviously impressed that he was able to do it but at the same time this is memphis bernardo was like i can't really do it very well but i'll give it a go i was like fair play props yeah i would have said no yeah so you've got the uh, you got the piano, you got the freestyle. And what's like, are those like the top of your interactions, or what's like the coolest interaction you've had on with a player? Uh, I mean, the Rashford house tour was was very. I've started going through his fridge, didn't I? At the end of the day, I don't know if you've seen it, but I basically just walked into Rashford's house and just started going through his stuff. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> and um, and I was chastising him for loading a wine fridge full of Coca Cola and things like that, and it was it was pretty amusing. Um. I have to say that was probably that was probably right up there. Yeah, that's um, awesome. That's so personal. 
cool. yeah, those those ones are good. I had I had two or three or, or four of those in a row that year. Uh, all the ones we've talked about basically that were that were really really good. Yeah. For ranks FC, you've also had people like Chris Richards, shout out Dallas, um, and <laughs> and Derek Ray from from the the famous commentator on FIFA. Yeah. Um, how was that interaction? So Derek is lovely he's lovely oh man he is so so nice that that's probably the longest podcast episode we've ever released i think it was like an hour and 35 or an hour and 40 and like typically speaking we're looking to get it under an hour so we are miles off that mark at that point and usually we sit down and we look at maybe where we could chop a section here or chop a section there with derek we sat down we discussed we, we discussed potentially chopping a bit here and a bit there for about three minutes and we got to we got to that point we're just like you know what should we just run the whole thing because it was glorious like the way he speaks is just it's thrilling i don't know if i don't know what it is i don't know if it's just his like his gravitas and his energy um and his really soft scottish accent which is just really pleasing to listen to um but he's got he's got some really really good stories he's really engaging um we just thought you know we'll, we'll just run the entire thing and it, it went down really well. People loved it. Um, so I hope you guys did too, if you listened. But we were we came out of that thinking, what a guy, like what a gent. Yeah, his voice is like up there with, I'd say like with like Morgan Freeman. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> as iconic a voice as Betty White. She's a legend. She's a legend, mate. I'd put her up there with Derek Ray in the, uh, in the States, <laughs> honestly. Honestly. Uh, but yeah, Derek was... Derek was lovely, so that was cool. And then Chris is Chris is super nice as well. Like, he 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 gets it. Like, in England we have very different athletes to you guys. You guys are just on a general basis, just as people. Like, forget the athletes for a second. Just as, as a general basis, you guys are like much um, better at speaking to people and answering questions properly that aren't just like three word answers. And that's like an Americanism versus like a Britishism. We're like very closed off. We're very private and we really struggle. A lot of people that aren't media trained will struggle to really give you a good engaging answer. And I don't know if it's just the accent or what, but you guys always sound much more engaging and warm and friendly and willing to talk. And then that extends to your athletes who then get a little bit of media training, but don't get their personality squashed out of them. And that's when you get American sports people like Weston McKenney and Chris Richards, who are great fun, have great personalities, aren't scared to say stuff, um, want to further their own causes when necessary, but would like to have fun as well and become great interviewees. And, and Chris at Western, Western we had on, on BR Football Ranks and then Chris on Ranks FC, both amazing for that. You know, that is one of the most accurate statements I've ever heard because we were at me, Owen, I don't know if Josh was there, but we were at a we were at a restaurant watching the Euros, and I was like, you know what? I should make a TikTok. Like, this is like TikTok material. So I went around asking people like at halftime and before the game. I was like, I was like, do you want to do an interview? Like, I'll just ask you, is it coming home? You give like a 10, 15 second answer. Every American I went up to, happiest person to ever be asked. So willing, so excited. <laughs> um, and this is an English restaurant. Um, it's actually been rated number one in the U.S. by NBC Sports um, to, to watch Premier League football. And then I would I, I was like, dang, you know what? Like, if I want this to go viral, it needs some English people in it. But I was like, 
thing. I need some like English accents in this. I need someone from England. I went up to this guy. He just said no, and then laughed at me. And uh, it, it was just, it was, it was so sad. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, it's, it is what it, it is. What it is. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, like the, the, the sort of like basest form of, of journalism, which is, you know, a vox pop. Go out and ask people stuff. Like go out into the street and just ask ten people the same question and just see what randomers say. I'd imagine in America that that is really easy to pull off and you get a nice variety of answers. You get some larger than life people and personalities. That assignment in England is like being sent to hell. It's just <laughs> awful because no one will speak to you. Not even one person will speak to you. People pretend to have earphones in and say, I can't hear you, I can't hear you when they don't have earphones in <laughs> and they carry on walking past you. It is savage. It's just who we are. I've seen that on the Sidemen channel. Um, it was they, they did an they did a Sidemen Sunday where it was like uh, interviewing random people on the street, and you know KSI is just like yelling at random people walking around London, and they're all just ignoring him. And this is like KSI, like they have like 10 million subscribers. He has like 20 million subscribers. Everyone's ignoring him, and I thought it was just like one of the funniest things. I mean, I would ignore him too. For the record, um, I'm sort of bitching about my own kinsman here, but I would probably be one of those people who go, sorry, I can't hear you. I'm just on that. I just got to go with it. Yeah, I just like leave and just run off. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just, we don't, we don't do that. We don't stop and answer questions. That's not in our nature. <laughs> I mean, like, I obviously have done a lot of asking the questions. I know what kind of answers I like, so I'm probably more likely to sit there and give you an answer. Um, I've had media training in reverse in a way but yeah that 99 percent of people in this country aren't interested in talking to anybody so as we kind of wrap up here a little bit tell us a little bit about you know what you have in store for the future for ranks fc what type of hopes you have for ranks fc and what's in the future for you um well it's a good question really i'm trying to figure out what the what the plan of action is myself it keeps changing every three months because when you're a new business your first year you make well you make good progress fortunately for us we've made good progress um and we're able to start taking on new clients new assignments changing the things that we do um paying people for stuff that's cool like we've paid people to do stuff that's with for six months you know obviously we weren't able to do that because we're still trying to generate enough money um so that's really cool i think that probably the, the key feature is to do what we've always done as ranks, which is continue to create the content that we want to see out there. And we're lucky that we're able to do that because we have a subscriber base and patrons who are happy to support us and they appreciate that sort of thing. And then that means that we're actually able to go and do it. We don't have to go and chase that monster clickbait headline. We don't have to provoke people. It just doesn't have to happen um i hate that stuff we all do we all hate that kind of antagonistic style content um the reality is that a lot of media outlets have to do that because for one reason or another people like that people click on it it is effective that's why they do it so we're sort of part of that um reverse tide in a way and we're able to continue to kind of just create the content we want to see out there content we think is good people content we think people will like so that comes in various forms obviously we've got three podcasts a week we've got a couple of clients that we're working with which is great I think the short-term goal for this season try and try and get ourselves onto YouTube a bit more often try and get over there yeah I think it takes resources at the end of the day though it has to be the last one 
you know, the podcast is very easy, man. It's three people, internet connections, houses, and microphones. Or, you know, in this case, it's it's four people and microphones. It's, it's, it's fine. YouTube is different. And that's probably something we're going to have to try and walk into a little bit more. And because we're able to pay people um, now, fortunately, we can pay guests to come on. We can pay the very best of guests. Hopefully they bring listeners in. We have to continue to expand that audience and probably need to get like pull our fingers out and up our game on social media a little bit because we don't tweet very much on Ranks S here. We really should. We just can't be asked. Um, but it is kind of important. So probably need to figure that out as well. So bottom line, continue to grow audience put some effort into YouTube, log into Twitter once or twice. Thank you so much for taking the time today to join us. I'm, I, I, I know you're super busy and best of luck with everything with Ranks FC. Well, thank you guys, no no problem at all. Happy to sit down and join you guys. Thanks for asking me about my career. Um, didn't think you'd be interested in that, but there we that go. fascinating. Hope, yeah, that's very interesting. Some good stories um and more to come i hope as well so and thanks thanks to you guys as well for tuning in and listening uh we massively appreciate it